0: Raging Cajun, 102.7 FM.
1: Come on! Yeah! If you want it all back,
2: jump to
3: your feet right now! Oh! For the kingdom suffering violence. but the violent, take it! Take it! By
4: force!
5: And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live on this Tuesday. Casey Jiskler here, and we've got a fun show coming your way today. We cannot wait to be with you for the next 90 or so minutes to break down everything happening in our local sports scene. In the next segment of the show, we've got LCO football coach, athletic director, Coach Keegan Pokey. He'll be on the line. His Bulldogs are taking on Golden Meta tonight. Six o'clock, game that you'll actually be able to hear right here in on 102.7, LCO versus Golden Meadow. Then guess what? At noon, we've got Golden Meadow football coach, Coach Brian Kuro, coaching in his last game tonight. We'll ask him about his game plan and his thoughts and everything in between, and we'll ask Coach Pokey the same as we try to break down that matchup for everybody in the community. I love the LCO and Golden Meadow game, but I'll dive into that more in just a second. At 12.15, it's Tuesday. It's Terrible on General Tuesday. We've got Stan Gravois lined up and ready to roll, talking about everything happening in the world of local sports. It's a big high school football week coming up. We've got some playoff volleyball coming up next week. Uh, Stan and I will talk about LSU and the Saints and everything in between. So it's a big, um, fun interview with Stan. We'll take about 20 minutes of his time beginning at 12.15. <clears> then at the bottom of the show, we'll maybe talk a little Saints, maybe talk a little LSU. We'll kind of mix some things up. And then also we got to give our betting picks as well. So let's talk about this. Tonight is LCO and Golden Meadow. It is nightly one of my favorite games of the year, or not nightly. Annually one of my favorite nights of the year is what I meant to say. You've got two middle schools that are taught and trained like Y'all not supposed to like each other. Like, y'all supposed to be rivals. Y'all supposed to not want to lose to one another. And then what's crazy and what's beautiful in the symmetry of it all is that tonight, after the game goes final, everybody's going to be back together. (laughs) Everybody's going to come together as one, and then we're all going to be, you know, tarpons, and y'all going to be swimming in the same pool, so to speak. No fish pun intended. Coach Curah's got a crew that is athletic. Coach Kirol's got a crew that plays hard. Coach Pokey's got a crew that's athletic, that plays hard, a lot of size. I'm very curious to see how this one shakes out. If, and it's a big if, if Golden Meadow could limit the chunk plays and if Golden Meadow could control the ball, control time of possession, they've got a shot. If they don't and it becomes a multi-possession game, get up and down the field, LCO is going to beat him pretty decisively. But it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be a fun night. Coach Brian Collin would be on the call. Look, I went to Golden Meadow. I was there as a junior high from seventh through ninth grade. My eighth grade year, or maybe my seventh grade year. Yeah, my, my seventh grade year, my first year at Golden Meadow. We won the Paris Championship, went undefeated. Guys like Rance Lasane, Cody Filinage, Brandon Mathern, Ian Mathern, Derek Petrie, Jacques Pete, uh, just talent all over the field. Beat Golden or excuse me, beat LCO in the first game, the preseason scrimmage, beat LCO in the final game, won the Paris Championship, went undefeated. Those guys, myself, like we still talk about that today. I didn't play, but we still talk about that today. And then there's a symmetry there and a and a Kind of weird chemistry there, as you know who the coach of that LCO team was? My broadcast partner tonight, Coach Brian Colley, back in his younger days. So this is always a fun rivalry to uh, look at, and we can't wait to be out there today. There are so many different intriguing pieces to that matchup that we look forward to breaking down. We've also tonight got the final East Thibodeau versus West Thibodeau game, like the last one that they're ever going to do. The schools are merging into one in the upcoming year. It's the last one that they're ever going to do. From what I understand, um, they're not altogether decided on who you know the coach is going to be there and everything going going forward, so we'll see what that looks like. But again, now you got a situation where it's two schools that don't like one another a whole lot. I've been seeing a lot of trash talk on Facebook of, East is least, west is best, and you know all that nonsense that that folks are spewing out there. And then those kids again, as soon as the game goes final, oh, you're all Thibodeau Tigers now. Congrats! It's really cool that dynamic of the rivalry. And I'm expecting to see, <clears throat> you know, some scores come in. And then also tonight we got Raceland and Lockport, which is all the same. So we've got three middle school games tonight in our area, and they're all rivalry matchups, and they're all feeder school versus feeder school. We've got Central Lafouche's feeder schools going against one another, and Bayou Blue's also one, but it's Traceland and Lockport. You got Thibodeau feeder schools east and west going against one another, and you got South Lafouche feeder schools, LCO and Golden Meadow going against one another. Should be a fun night. Can't wait to be at one of the games. Can't wait to hear about what happened at the other games. It'll be a lot of fun to, to check out. One thing before we catch a break and go to the two coaches in our matchup is keep an eye on the weather. And I don't mean tonight. We're going to be fine tonight. It's going to be dry. It's going to be a little windy because the front's going to have moved in. It's going to be a little nippy uh, because, again, the front has moved in. But it should be a very comfortable night. But there are a lot of schools around the state that are moving their Friday night games to Thursday night because there's some bad weather coming late Friday Early Saturday, and schools don't want to mess around with it, and they're moving some games to Thursday. It's mostly been centered in the northern portion of the state right now because they're the ones that are kind of in line to get it earlier in the day on Friday, whereas where we get it late Friday, early Saturday so far. But if anything changes in that forecast, and look, we all know how weather is, they could tell you something today, and then tomorrow could be something completely different. If anything changes in that forecast, just keep an eye out. We may see a game or two get moved, you know, just be on alert. I don't anticipate that here. I think it'll be more of a North Louisiana problem, Northeast Louisiana, Central Louisiana problem. Um, But just wanted to make you guys aware that there will be a lot of Thursday night action as schools are kind of moving and adjusting and getting themselves ready for what's expected to be a wet and rainy Friday, at least for some parts of the state during Friday. Want to thank our sponsors for allowing us to be here. Didn't do that at the top of the show. I want to thank the Blue Boot Foundation, Bentz RV, located on Highway 90 in Boutique, Southland Dodge and Homa, Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Do friend building materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. Rouse's Markets feels like home. Golden Motors, where price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche athletics and community youth sports organizations. And then a reminder: join us for uh, Friday nights for varsity football coverage. Pre-game 6:30, kickoff 7 o'clock. You got South Lafouche, you've got Ellen there this Friday out in Galliano. Our broadcast is sponsored by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, Joe Septic Contractors, Terrebone General Medical Center, Southland Dodge, Rouse's Markets, South Lafouche Bank. Rev, Heather Hendricks, candidate for LaFouche Parish Judge Division A. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Coach Keegan Pokey, the LaRose Cutoff Middle School Bulldogs. They've only got one loss on the season. They're trying to clinch a share of the Parish Championship tonight with a win over rival Golden Medal. Stick around. We'll be right back after this. It's play-by-play.
6: Heather Hendricks here, your candidate for LaFouche Parish Judge Division A. Everyone votes in this race from the Fouchon to the St. John community. Up, down, and across the bayou. I've been your prosecutor for eight and a half years, trying over 100 jury and judge trials with federal, state, and local experience. Before practicing law, I was an eighth grade teacher in the public schools for 11 years. So remember, Heather Hendricks for judge. Early voting begins October 25th, and the election is November 8th. Paid for by the committee to elect Heather Hendricks.
7: Hey, Mike Davis here. There are over
8: 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Bence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Bens RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on over to Bens RV to experience a Top 50 dealer or visit us at BenceRV.com.
3: There are a lot of reasons Tanner McGee spent the last seven years fighting for families in the legislature, but there are three that stand above the rest, Julia, Grace, and Kate. As a father of triplet girls, Tanner believes the most important things we can give our children is a loving home and a safe community. That's why he served in the legislature, and why with over a decade of legal experience, Tanner McGee will be a judge our families can depend on. Pay
11: for by the friends of Tanner McGee.
5: Cannot wait to be at Memorial Stadium tonight, broadcasting South, uh, not South Lafourche, future South LaFouche players, Golden Meadow and LCO, middle school rivalry matchup. We have LCO's football coach on the line now, Coach Keegan-Pokey. Coach, good morning, man. How are you? Wait, Coach, we didn't have you there for a second. My bad, I didn't hit the right button. Uh, how, how's it going, buddy?
11: Doing well. What about you?
5: Doing fine, man. Um, big day. I know it's a big day on campus. I know the kids are fired up. I know they're excited. Ready to roll, facing your biggest rival. I'm sure there's a little extra electricity on campus today.
11: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the kids have been looking forward to this game. And, and you don't want to look past the opponent, but this, the team has been looking forward to this game pretty much all year. Um, after that scrimmage, you pretty much you dial in for the next opponent, but you're going to go ahead and have in the back of your mind. I know when I played as a player, too, in the same sense, no matter what the record is, no matter what our record is, what their record is, um, you kind of, you kind of look forward to this game. You kind of want to up your game a little bit for many different reasons, for the fact that it's your, your cross uh, town rival, but also uh, for the fact that you kind of want to show out in front of those South Coach coaches. You want to go ahead and say, Hey, look, look at me uh, before moving on to next year as a freshman
5: coach, you guys uh, played super well. Your last time out, take on East Thibodeau and get a decisive win. Uh, talk about the way you guys played in that one. We didn't have a chance to speak since then. How'd you guys compete in that one?
11: Yeah, we did well, you know, uh, He's had some struggles here and there, but we we did well. We came out. uh, We played hard on defense. We made them uh, make some mistakes that they weren't normally making. Our offense came out, but I was probably our our best defensive performance that we had all year. Um, They did extremely well. We actually went to them to, I think, I forget exactly the amount, but I think it was like the the 20 or 30 total amount of uh, yardage in that game compared to our two. Uh, 66 total yards. So we did extremely well. I'm very proud of the kids. They came back on Wednesday looking forward to putting in a game plan against Gold Medal, and here we are a week later ready to go.
5: I know you guys are ready to roll, and I know that you guys are going to you know, compete very well tonight. But, man, is there a small part of you that's like, well, you know, hey, I'm happy for the kids. It's been a great year, and, you know, we got a chance to maybe get a share of the Paris Championship. But is there a small part of you that's like, well, this sucks. Like, we don't have practice tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
11: Yeah, absolutely. And we were kind of talking amongst coaching staff, which I got to give a shout out to them. They have been extremely helpful this past year. Um, I'm going to miss just kind of that grind amongst the coaching staff, game planning for sure. But we we're talking about it yesterday after practice. We we're like, guys, we've seen so much development out of kids that never played football, uh, like Zach Ryder Burden, and he's a, a, a starting nose guard. He never played a snap of football. Carl Cosone is going on in his second year playing football. Graven Wisher, uh, starting defensive tackle, never played a snap of football. And then you got the Noah kids that just the second year playing, but he, he's come into a big role. And then you got the kids that you already know their name of that just transformed into great football players, great athletes. And hopefully, down the road, they'll continue to be great young men. But yeah, I'm going to miss it, Uh, but uh, I don't have too much of a break. Basketball starts right around the corner, so a lot of these guys I'm coaching right now, I continue to coach during basketball season.
5: Coach, how's the health of the team? I know that about a month ago, that was a pretty big issue. You had some guys that were out, and you know, some guys that were maybe, at one time, I believe you guys fought maybe a little flu bug or something like that. How's the health of the team coming into the game tonight?
11: Uh, This is the healthiest healthiest we've been since Bayou Blue game, which was our second game of the year. Uh, we got John Eric BJ back tonight uh, on both sides of the football, which is a, a huge help. The flu bug bu- bit us a little bit last week, um, kind of in, early into this week too as well over the weekend. But uh, we got everyone back fully healthy. Everyone that could uh, play tonight is ready to go. So this is by far the healthiest we've been all year.
5: Golden Meadow's a bit of a tricky opponent. Uh, I've seen them play several times, as have you. Man, when they're controlling the ball, they've got some speed. They do a lot of different formations. At times, they do shotgun and some wildcat stuff. They even are apt to throw it a little bit at times. Um, Defensively, it's going to be a challenge, because usually, man, look, middle school, you're facing just a couple of formations here and there, but Golden Meadow does a bunch of different stuff. You guys are going to be challenged to try to make sure that you're lined up right throughout the course of the game.
11: Yeah, absolutely. And we we said from the beginning um, that our two biggest challenges would be lining up in the right spot uh, when those formations come available, and, and ball key and go to Mel's big to uh, doing a different counts, which rightfully so. That's the easiest way, especially at this age. Not every team's gonna be disciplined, uh, but we got we got a ball key, and we got to make sure we line up in the correct spot. If we do those two things, uh, two things, I like a plan. I think our kids are, are going to be put in the right position. I think we'll be ready to go. And uh, we scouted them a good bit. So, I, again, I like our game plan moving forward.
5: How do you guys um, make sure that the kids are having that fun and are playing with that joy of it being such a big rivalry game, but are not tense and are not making it more than what it is? Because what you don't want. Especially in a very short eight-minute quarter middle school game, what you don't want is there them to be, you know, like nervous for a quarter and a half, and then you're chasing it for the rest of the game. How do you make sure that it's not something that's being overdone?
11: Well, that, that's my job for a pregame speech. I got to go in and look at, at this point in the year, um, and then again, it being a, a rival game, you don't really have to hype them up. I mean, the, the hyping up is already done. The hyping up has been done for the, the last year. These kids are ready to play against Golden Mountain. They're ready to go. So, um, coming in in a free game speech, I really don't have to do no hoorah or anything like that. I just got my game plan tonight uh, for this free game speech is just tell them, hey, football's fun. Go out. If you have fun, more than likely it's going to be on our end. We're going to play well. So, if you go ahead and just have fun, everything else is playing into itself. So, I, I think if the kids go out and just play and have fun, I think they're going to play relaxed. And I, I do like our chances if we go out and play relaxed and play focused.
5: If you don't know the exact number, it's okay. But roughly how many 8th graders are you saying goodbye to after tonight? Uh, 31,
11: 32, 33, around there. So a a big 8th grade
5: class. A big 8th grade group, man. It's a group that was part of an undefeated season last year. It's a group that, again, has a chance to share the Paris Championship tonight. Boy, that's a group that's done a whole lot of winning, bro, through some very tough times. Storm and COVID and everything in between. It's a group that's been through a lot but also has accomplished a lot.
11: Yeah, absolutely. And, look, and speaking on to the group, this group has passion for football. You know, uh, there's times in, in, in middle school that you might see a group that's really good at basketball, but they might not have that passion for basketball. They might uh, and the same thing for football. They might just be playing just for the fact they're in middle school, and then when they move off to high school, they might say, hey, baseball is really my sport. I'm going to go ahead and play baseball my junior year, senior year, or sophomore year, whatever it may be. This group has that passion for football. We got we got thirty three kids and it's thirty three football players. They're the uh the strongness, the, the the grind of these kids that went went ahead and put in all that work during the of the last two summers. And uh I really think they're gonna continue to want to play football and they can continue to have that passion moving forward. And I think that group meeting up with the freshman and sophomore group this year, even the junior group this year, I think uh South Bush's future is pretty bright moving forward.
5: Look, dude, I say the same thing to to everybody that I talk to. There are a lot of folks that are discontent with the fact that the Tarpons are two and six, and I tell people all the time, as look, be patient. They're young. They got a lot of ninth and tenth graders there playing on the field, and then they got some more talent that's coming up that's going to join with them. I think you truly hit the nail on the head. Like, yeah, it's been a rough year at times down the value. I don't think that those struggles are going to be uh, long for the world. I think that in the next few years, the tarpons are going to be much, much better. You've coached a lot of those kids. You've coached against some of those other kids. Um, I think that we're both on the same page on this, and I think that the tarpons can be pretty good in the next few years, right?
11: Yes, sir. And uh, I think I talked to a couple of those juniors not that long, a lot long ago. And uh, I think they're having kids that maybe not had played football at the middle school level. And I think they're going to have a couple more kids. That played in middle school level, go back out and play. Uh, so if you could get those those classes, that junior class to build to be in the twenty five range, I think you start to see success next year. And then if you continue to build up those, those sophomore, those junior classes, have those kids that played at middle school, have those kids that are passionate about football, continue to go out, continue to build a program. Coach BJ Young does a great job of that, uh, getting the kids to want to play. And I think they're going to continue to build success over there. You know, you, every, every so often you have down years. My, my freshman year and my sophomore year combined, we won two games. That's it. And then my junior year, we went ahead and won district, uh, as an outright district champ. So every once in a while, you're going to have those bad years. You just got to go ahead and keep uh, pounding that rock. And once that rock breaks, then you got to program in it itself moving forward.
5: Brother, good answer. Let before we let you go, got a big matchup tonight. I know everybody's excited. What are some of the keys to victory? What are some of the things that LCO has to do well tonight to try to get the victory over Golden Meadow?
11: We gotta be. Uh, we gotta play the brand of football that got us here. Physical up front, fired off the ball. Physical in defense. Our backs, you gotta run hard. Our backs, you gotta pick up uh, people that are in line might miss. But we just gotta play our brand. Play our brand. Have fun, and then see what the game uh, prevails out.
5: Good stuff. Well, look, brother. Before we let you go, uh, LSU's been hot. I know you follow them targets pretty close. Any chance we beat Alabama in a couple weeks, man?
11: Who knows, man? And again. It- <laughs> If you keep it close, I don't know. I hey, look, uh, me and Bruce Lee has been talking a lot about LSU, and I, I thought they would have come out. Um, against guess Ole Miss. And I, I kind of figured that Ole Miss might blow them out of the water. In fact, like, how many times can we go down in a in a game and come back and uh, off of adjustments off of halftime and win? And it's just showing the coaching staff that Coach Kelly and himself have. Man, they uh they make adjustments at halftime, and he might downplay it. When he speaks to the media, oh, we didn't really adjust that much. We just played 40 more or whatever it may be. But they, uh, they're they making adjustments, and they're going out and winning. So uh, who knows? We'll see when that time comes. Dude,
5: look, you, you're about the same age as me, man. You've seen about as much of this as I have. And I made the comment on yesterday's show, look, I've seen LSU National Championships. I've seen years where they were 11-2, and two, you know, and I've seen a year where they made it to the National Championship game and lost. Look, LSU's 6-2. and two, I don't think they're going to make the college football playoff. But this is as much fun as I've had as an LSU fan this season, just watching this team grow, dude. They have gotten better every week. Jaden Daniels was a guy who really was struggling at the beginning of the year. Now looks like he's one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. Like It's amazing to see the growth week by week that this crew has made. And I know as a coach, you could appreciate that.
11: Yeah, and look, uh, if you really think about it, besides us just winning a national championship in 2019, uh, but if you look at those guys, they had fun. The Justin yeah. Jefferson, the Chase, they just had fun. Joe Burrow, their they're environment. are going to the police on season you thinking about it. But if you look at this LSU team, like Jaden Daniels, he's having fun. Like before that touchdown, his, his smile was from ear to ear. So uh, I think, I think like you said, I think this is a great start of the season. I get it. We lost to Florida State right off the back. And a lot of people are all, oh, what are we doing, what are we doing? And it hasn't been the prettiest season to start off with. But I think that the people are having fun. I think the college recruits are going to see them having fun, see the swagger, and, and that, that's what made LSU. That's Ron Matthews and everything like that, the swagger, Patrick Peterson. So I think they're going to start seeing that swagger, and we're going to start seeing some big-time recruits coming in. I think Coach Kelly's going to continue building this program in the right direction.
5: Good stuff. Thanks so much for the time. Look forward to calling y'all game tonight, man. Can't wait.
11: All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate it.
5: Yep, there's coach Keegan Pokey doing a great job. Uh they've got a really good thing going out there. They've got a lot of good players, but they got a great coaching staff, good uh you know, administrative support. Everything's going well out there. Look forward to being out there and seeing them tonight. We also look forward to seeing the other end of the spectrum, Golden Meadow tonight. We have their football coach on in the next segment, coach Brian Kyrell. Coach Kyrell's been doing it a long time, man. Can't wait to Chat with him tonight will be his last game on the sidelines. It's play by play on KLEB going to Coach Brian Kuroh out of this break on 102.7 FM.
12: Hi, I am Rebecca Robichaud. I am a native of Lafouche Parish, born in Thibodeau. I am an attorney. My law office is on Bayou Lafouche in Raceland. I have been practicing law for 40 years. I have been a tough advocate for all my clients. I will be firm and fair as your judge. Early voting is October 25th through November 1st. Election Day is November 8th. I am number 60 on the ballot. Please vote for me. Paid for by the committee to elect Rebecca Show.
1: Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Doofriend Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Doofriend Easy Buy? Come see us at dofriendlumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Belchase, Araby, L, Golfport and Grand Isle and no matter how big we grow as a company we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do friend difference.
2: When you order curbside pickup on the new Rouse's shopping app you pay the same price for groceries as in store and you get free pickup on all orders $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the app store or get it on Google Play place your order, choose your curbside side pickup time and your Rouse's Markets personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car it's just that easy Rouse's Markets feels like home as
3: a father of triplet girls State Representative Tanner McGee defended our conservative family values in the legislature now he wants to bring those same values to the Court of Appeal a respected attorney with over a decade of legal experience Tanner McGee will be a judge who upholds the Constitution, defends the rule of law, and protects our families from violent criminals, just like he protects his own. Tanner McGee for Judge. Paid for by the Friends of Tanner McGee.
5: We spoke with Coach Keegan Pokey of the LCO Bulldogs in the last segment of the show. Now we go to the other half of the coaching picture tonight, which is Coach Brian Kurov of the Golden Meadow Lions. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are you? Good
4: afternoon. I'm doing okay. How
5: about yourself? Doing fine, man. It is a, always a fun night when LCO takes on Golden Meadow. It's always a fun night when you know the rivals come together and they play... Um that excitement's gonna be there, that electricity's gonna be there. Coach Pokey in the last segment said his guys are ready. What's the mood like out in Golden Meadow, man? I'm sure there's a little extra energy on campus today.
4: Oh absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, for for twenty plus years, you know, this this makes your season, that, that last game against La Rose and uh, no matter when or lose, you go out there and you compete and you know, you fight because at the end of the at the end of the day, you know, those kids are gonna to combine to get to Salt Lafouche and uh and become one. So, yeah, it's going to be good tonight.
5: Coach, you were telling me a little bit off the air just a second ago, man, like you guys have been ravished by injuries this season. And, and you know, unfortunately it doesn't look like you guys are going to be fully full strength again tonight. It's a bummer, man. I know you'd love to see those guys all be able to compete, but it's not going to be the case.
4: No, that's not going to be the case. Uh, two-thirds of my backfield went out um, against Six Ward last Tuesday due to concussions. Got a couple kids on the shelf injured. And, uh, you know, it is what it is. But uh, all year, you know, we've been playing short-handed, you know, due to suspensions, due to injuries, due to absences, due to sicknesses. And, um, you know, we just found ways to keep peace and peace together, and we'll do the same thing tonight.
5: Dude, you guys have done a great job because of all the stuff that you just mentioned. You guys have gotten better throughout the course of the year, have gotten some good wins throughout the course of the year. You guys don't have the biggest numbers, man. You don't have the biggest squad in the parish. But, boy, those kids continue to get better, man. I'm sure that, you know, no matter how it goes tonight, you're going to look back and say, man, we did a pretty damn good job with this group this year.
4: Yeah, well, you know, I looked early, you uh, know, I think we have 34 kids on the roster right now. And, uh, and you know, at, at the end of the day, like like I tell the kids, just go out and compete, uh, you know, and and, and and that's what we're going to do tonight. And, you know, it's about following philosophy, you know, talk, talking to the kids and asking what they're here. You know, learning and, and doing what you have to do and uh, and, go and, go and compete, you know?
5: What are some of the things that you guys are going to hope to do today? You know, you're facing a big, powerful opponent. You face them in the scrimmage. What are some of your goals? What are some things that you guys have to do well to have some success today?
4: Well, it all starts up front. You definitely got to block, and you got to block well tonight. Uh, LaRose definitely has the edge on, on the sides up front. And uh, and if it don't start blocking up front, it's going to be tough for us to for us to do anything. But, um, you know, replacing two or three backs in the backfield, that's all we've really been focusing on all week is, is offense, you know. But uh, defense, we're going to have to put it together and, and make some stops, and a lot of them.
5: You know, one of the things that was difficult for you all in that first matchup in the preseason was – limiting their big chunk plays. They were at times breaking out, getting to the second and third levels. How important is it, and B.J. Young says it all the time here on the Wednesdays, to say we got to stop them before they get going. How important is it going to be for your defense to stop them before they get rolling?
4: Yeah, yeah, that's going to be very important tonight. You know, at the beginning of the season, a lot of kids come in, they don't really understand the system or defense or what to do or my position. And, you know, as you progress throughout the season – you, you, you teach them, and, and they're learning their position to hopefully get in position to make plays. And, you know, tonight, us as coaches got to put our, put those kids in positions to make plays, and we got to hope they do it. You know, and, and they look, they got talent, uh, LaRose. They, they're they full of talent. And, uh, again, they can break one at any time and all the time. You just got to be there in position to make the play. I asked you got to Keith- do it.
5: I asked Keegan this question in the last segment and I'll ask you the same. Is that, okay, yeah, it's it's a big rivalry game. There's emotions and everybody's fired up. How do you stress to the kids and, 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 you know, emphasize to the kids, hey, yeah, this is a fun one, but don't overblow it. Because what you don't want to have happen is the kids are so fired up that they're nervous and, you know, they're committing penalties because they're too jacked up. Like, how do you balance those two roles?
4: Well, I think uh, we, we have an eight-grade night at the beginning. So I think – that the kids are going to show up and be focused in on that. And then hopefully we could just refocus their attention maybe 10 to 12 minutes before the game and get them fired up. And that's our focus to do it maybe 10 minutes before game time, you know, and then focus totally on the game. Very good. And that's our plan.
5: Very good. Um, Coach, how important also was? look, man, look, you know this, and, and I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. You guys are the underdogs today, right? They've had, they've got, you know, maybe a bigger group and a larger group. You guys are the underdogs today. How important is it to get off to a strong start, to get those kids believing early, like, hey, man, like we, we could go and do this thing?
4: Well, it is. It is definitely the start of the game is going to dictate a lot. Um, it, it, you know, how well we come out either on defense or on offense is going to dictate everything. If we could control the football on offense, and kill some time, that would be perfect. If we could get there on defense and make some stops, that would be great also, you know, both ways. Yeah,
5: very good. Coach, this is going to be your last time on the sideline tonight. And I know that your focus is on the game, and I know that you don't want this to be about you and everything like that. I get that. Bro, you've helped a lot of people along the way. you coached a lot of people along the way. Uh, First and foremost, congratulations on an awesome career. But second, man, like, What's that going to be like? This is the last time that you know you're going to be out there and, and and coaching a football team and you know trying to lead a team to victory.
4: Yeah, well, you know, tonight is all about the kids, and it was never ever about me, and uh, and tonight's going to be no different. It's just another day, and you know, again, the philosophy is go out there and compete, and that's what we're going to do. And uh, again, I, I thank all the kids I coach throughout the years, and and everybody that's been a part of my program. And, and I, had a, I had a great 20 years of this, and I'll, I'm proud to be a good in that alliance. Very,
5: very good. Look, man, before we let you go, uh, your son is having one heck of a football season, bro. He had another big night last Thursday. I know that it's got to make you feel awfully good as a dad to watch that. Man, Jacob's having a great year. He's had a record-setting year. Tarpon team has struggled at times with their 2-6. and six. Got two more big ones coming up um, as they parent of a senior boy what's it like in the stands watching your boy compete and play
7: yeah
4: you know you you talk about this that and i just again we teach him to compete you know the, compete to win you know and that that's really what it's about you, you do everything else everything else is personal a record uh, how many catches how many yards that that's all gonna come uh, go out there and compete and try to give your team the best chance to win and, you know, that's what I've taught all my kids to do, and, and that's what we do. You, you have pride in your school, and you go out there and you compete, and at the end of the day, the chips are going to fall where they fall. Very uh, good. But I'm proud of my boy. He's, he's having a good year. He's having a good year.
5: No doubt about that. He's having a great year, man. Before we let you go, Golden Medal and LCO tonight, and we'll be able to hear it right here on 102.7. Coach Brian Colley and I will be on the call what are some keys to victory? What are some things that the Lions absolutely positively must do to try to uh, to get the win over LCO tonight?
4: Yeah, well, we talked about that earlier. Definitely have to run the football well, and we have to protect the ball. We can't cause turnovers. We have to block up front, and we got to tackle well on defense. And, you know, if everything clicks for us, that'll give us our best opportunity to be, to be in the game.
11: Very good.
5: Look, brother, thanks so much for the time. See you tonight, man. All right, Casey, thank you. Yep, that is Coach Brian Curall with Golden Meadow, doing a great job. Hate to hear that they're a little bit beat up, right? Like, you never want to hear anything like that. You always want to have a situation where it's going to be best on best. Uh, LCO looks like they're going to maybe have a little bit of a better health situation than Golden Meadow will. But I really believe this. One of the keys for Golden Meadow, and we're going to see it right away, <laughs> they're going to want to have long drives. Get a first down or two, because first downs mean a you know minute and a half, not more than a minute and a half, means two and a half, three minutes off the clock. Get sustained drives, first downs, then maybe just try to get a lead. You know, get a lead, six nothing, eight nothing, something like that. And then what happens if you could do that early in the game? You could start to make the opponent who is favored to win start to get a little antsy, like well. Why don't we have the lead. Like what's going on? It's the second quarter, it's still 0-0. It's the middle of the second quarter. We're down 6 nothing or it's 6-6. And then in theory, the team that's favored to win would maybe get a little tight or would maybe start to, you know, get out of their game plan a little bit. I'm not saying that that's going to happen, but that's what you would want Golden Meadow to do if you're a Golden Meadow fan. Is you got to start early, control the game, play at your pace, play at your speed. Cuz I'm telling you now, if this is a game where each team has seven, eight possessions, LCO's going to beat them decisively. But if this is a game where each team has just three or four possessions and it's played slow and Golden Meadows control in time of possession, who knows? Who knows? That's what EDY did to LCO. That's what, they, that's what they did. They controlled the ball, limited possessions, had long, sustained drives, didn't give up big plays, made LCO work for everything. They didn't give up 30, 40-yard runs. And they ended up getting an 8-6, to six, or excuse me, a 7-6 to six win. So we'll see how it goes. Um, but can't wait. We'll be out there tonight. Opening kickoff at 6 o'clock over at South LaVouche High School. Come on out. And if you don't come on out, listen to us on the radio tonight. Let's catch a break when we get back. Going to Stan Gravel, it's our Terrebonne General Tuesday. It's play-by-play on KLEB.
0: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow the music on the bayou the all-new raging cajun 102.7 fm
3: there are a lot of reasons tanner mcgee spent the last seven years fighting for families in the legislature but there are three that stand above the rest julia grace and kate as a father of triplet girls tanner believes the most important things we can give our children is a loving home and a safe community That's why he served in the legislature and why with over a decade of legal experience, Tanner McGee will be a judge our families can depend on. Paid for by the friends of Tanner McGee.
5: you have a pest control problem?
9: Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply eighteen, ten, three, three-and-two-stall restroom air-conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fushaw, Abbeville, Reserve, and now Odessa, Texas.
12: Hi, I am Rebecca Robichaud. I am a native of Lafourche Parish, born in Thibodeau. I am an attorney. My law office is on Bayou Lafourche in Raceland. I have been practicing law for 40 years. I have been a tough advocate for all my clients. I will be firm and fair as your judge. Early voting is October 25th through November 1st. Election day is November 8th. I am number 60 on the ballot. Please vote for me. Paid for by the committee. Tell that Rebecca Roby show.
9: Baby,
0: a song. You make me want to roll my windows down and cruise.
5: Well, we're going to the phone lines right now and play-by-play play to a guy who likes to roll his windows down and cruise. Every once in a while on Saturdays, we see the old Jeep pull up. And we get Mr. Stan Grava on the line. Stan, I don't know about rolling windows down and cruise today. It's kind of wet and rainy, but boy, it doesn't sound like a bad idea on most days, right?
14: No, and that's listen. That's one of the little simple pleasures in life, man. Pulling the top down and riding around in my Jeep. But I, yeah, I agree with you. Not not too good of a weather to do that in today.
5: <laughs> no doubt. Look, we've got a fun week coming up. Uh, we've got some Week Nine matchups. We've got some you know regular season volleyball that's. Coming right down the stretch, we've got some teams playing for seeding or some teams trying to play to get in. This is going to be an exciting week, and we'll start to break down some of those matchups, but either way, like this is an exciting week. There's a lot going on, and a lot is going to be decided over the next couple days.
14: Yeah, and it's also crossover time because it's not long before we're going to be into basketball season and soccer season, so certainly there is a lot going on. Some games in the area – that are worth keeping an eye on related to teams getting into the playoffs, both in volleyball and in football. And uh, I, I'm curious to see. You know, we talk about this team needs to do this to get in, but what we don't take into account is that some of the teams, they have to do it again against, excuse me, they have to do that too, you know. So uh, something's got to give, and uh, we're at the point where it's a lot of, Teams basically starting their playoffs this week. Some have started it last week. We'll see how it all plays out. But uh, a, a fun time from a competitive standpoint, for sure.
5: We've got an elimination game on Friday. There's no other way to say it. you got uh, Thibodeau, who's going to be taking on Bone. That'll be out in Thibodeau. That's an elimination game. It's two teams that are just currently outside of the top 28. If they either one wants to have any shot to get into the top 28, they've got to win this one. This is, in essence, going to be a playoff game on Friday night between two very evenly matched teams. That should be a very good one.
14: I agree 100%. You know, we mentioned it on the Sports Corner with Chris Dugas that how important this game was. And listen, they have Destrehan to finish it off. And even if it was a loss against Destrehan, it's a lot of power points. So maybe, maybe if they lost, but, you know, not probably, probable, that being said, what we didn't mention was was that Terrabone's in the same exact boat, right? Terrabone goes out, beats Thibodeau. They have a little bit of a lesser opponent to finish it all off, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's Onville. That all being said, maybe Terrabones looking at this as we got a better chance than even Thibodeau go, does related to if we win this one and then we go out and take care of business against Hornville. Now, Terrebonne has had some problems the last couple of weeks. They've had some coaching problems. They lost their offensive coordinator there. They're trying to kind of piecemeal some things together. But all that being said, you know, they have the talent to get it done. I think it'll be an interesting one. It is in Thibodeau. That might play a little bit of a factor in it. But I think, you know, sometimes on the high school level, you have to get away from home. And I think after the last couple of weeks, Terrebonne's ready to get away from home.
5: Assumption's currently number 27 in Division II non-select. Vanderbilt's currently number 22 in Division II select. They lock horns Friday. The winner of that one pretty much clinches a berth into the playoffs. The loser of that one, though not out, would then need to win Week 10 to get in. It's another one where high stakes, big implications, and again, two very evenly matched teams. Look, Assumption went toe-to-toe with Lutcher on Friday night. When they got their mind right and they're playing their best ball, they're going to be awfully tough. That'll be a fun matchup to see on Friday over at Vanderbilt.
14: Yeah, that's an interesting one. You know, you have Assumption who actually lost to Lutcher, and you're sitting there thinking, wow, that must have been a heck of a game because obviously the score was close. And then you think of Assumption the week before losing to Ellender, and although it was a close game, you wonder, well, wait, is Assumption at power? I think we think more of Assumption and their ability – after the loss to Lutcher than we do after the close loss to Ellender, if that makes any sense whatsoever. I do know this. They better be playing well these last two games related to getting into the playoffs because if they don't, they're going to be in a bad way. Uh, It's going to be tough for them. So, yeah, I do think they sort of have to get something together here going forward. Uh, I. I don't know what to think about Vanderbilt. We know that they're very well coached. We know that Javon Coleman can take it in. I'm sorry, Jalen Coleman can take it in from anywhere on the field at any point. Uh, is the defense going to hold up? Uh, how much points are going to be allowed in this game? If it was that score that we saw with Ellinger last week, 68 to 34, man, what might it be with uh, assumption? Is that, that's, All of those things are going to play into this one. So I think a very competitively matched game. And I do think, just as you said, the winner of this one sets themselves up really well. The loser of this one is going to have to hope that a lot of things happen in the bracket for them to get in.
5: A very intriguing matchup on Friday night that's not going to get a whole lot of local attention because it only features one local team (laughs) is E.D. White traveling to take on Sam Houston. Sam Houston's got one of the biggest enrollments in the state of Louisiana. They've beaten Barb. Last Friday, they scored 55 points on Karen Crow. Now, granted, they gave up 72 points against Karen Crow. But the week before that, they beat Lafayette. It's a team you and I saw in week one who's was really damn good. They beat Sulphur earlier this year. Edie White's one of the best teams in Division II select. They're going to have their hands full on the road against Sam Houston. That'll be an interesting one to, to check out on Friday.
14: If I'm Kyle saying, I'm sort of excited about this because you're getting out of your comfort zone, so to speak, right? You go and play somebody, a big 5A school. You're going to see what it's all about. You're going to see how your kids handle a, a big road trip. The one thing you can say about Sam Houston, about Barb, about LaGrange, heck, about Lafayette High, at Acadiana, all of those schools, they sort of play football on a Friday night at a level that it doesn't matter what happened the prior Friday night. Like, the, the, you know, you could get out the paper on a Saturday morning and see where Lafayette High won a game by 30 on a given Friday night against one of those teams from that area. And then the next week you think that they're going to win again by 30 against a team that might have only won one game, say a Barb, because Barb had only won like two games and they come up and they just blast Lafayette High. So I guess what I'm saying is, is don't look at the record of Sam Houston, because those teams just sort of beat each other up out there. But if they're scoring 50 some points in a loss, obviously they can put up some offensive scoring. So it'll be a tough one. It'll be a good measure and stick for E.D. White. I think probably Coach was would have loved to have had that a couple of weeks ago and not have that going into the St. James game in, in you know in Week 10. But nonetheless, I think it's a big one for them going forward. And, and the one game, I'm just going to add this, that I think sparks a lot of excitement, and it is on our fringe, but they are in one of our local districts. That would be East St. John taking on Destrehan. We'll, I'm just curious to see how good Destrahan is.
5: You know, it was crazy, and I'm glad you brought that up. Our friends at GoPreps posted like a little poll this week. It had all of the undefeated teams in Louisiana listed. And it said, which team is least likely to or uh, most likely to get defeated for the first time this season? And you know what's crazy? I voted for East St. John, who's who's there undefeated. They're facing another undefeated. Like, I don't know, man. I I just feel like Destrahan's got an opportunity there to really make a statement. But who knows? East St. John, they're undefeated too. But you look at the common opponents, it's been all Wildcats. I would be surprised if that one's not a multiple touchdown victory for Destrahan.
14: Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I'm just thinking of the pep talk that the coach at has given to his kids. It's probably like, listen, let's go out there. We're going to play really, really hard. And some of you may even get to play in the fourth quarter. <laughs> game, <right? laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. As much as it would seem like it's a great game, I kind of liken it to the Berwick-E.D. White game. We knew that E.D. White was just, better than Berwick last week, right? I think we know that Destrehan's better than East St. John. But I will say this, when you have athletes that could take it to the house on any given play, and there's two receivers to East St. John that can do that, who knows? Who knows? Maybe Destrehan comes out and doesn't play a very good game in special teams or turns the ball over. So I guess we shouldn't be counting our chickens before they hatch.
5: Let's talk a little volleyball for a second, then we'll dive into the LSU and the Saints stuff. Um, looks like it's a little bit of a down year for us in volleyball. Like I remember a couple of years ago, there were five, six local teams made it to the Train Center. Right now, we've got Assumption sitting at number four in Division Two. We've got E.D. White sitting at number five in Division Three. And then everybody else is just kind of on the periphery, you know, maybe seated 15th or 20th or. A little bit of a down year, man. I don't think that we're going to get that cluster of local teams going over to Kenner. I think that there will maybe be a handful, but it's not going to be as we would seen maybe three, four, five years ago.
14: Nope. Agree totally. And As a matter of fact, even when you consider that E.D. White and Assumption might have to get sort of lucky in the bracket, depending on who they're going to play, will it be a traditional power? Even those two teams just getting to the Train Center is going to be a little bit of a task this year. I, you know, you have your ebbs and flows. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go see volleyball early in the volleyball season. And the one thing I think we lack here is is height, quite honestly. You know, girls who can go up at the net and take care of things. We have a lot of really good setters, and we have a lot of really good libero players. But we just not, you know, at the net it's kind of tough. And when you have that problem, certainly – you're going to have a problem advancing to get to the Pontchartrain Center. I will say this, too, though. My understanding from a lot of the coaches in the area is it is a great cycle coming up. Like the ninth and 10th graders that are coming up are really going to be good. So I think it's right around the corner, but I think we'll be lucky to get a couple of teams going to the Pontchartrain Center this year.
5: Let's talk some college football. LSU gets a 45-20 to win over Ole Miss. Ole Miss led that game 17-3 to in the second quarter. LSU won the rest of the game 42-3. to They were running. They were throwing. They were getting defensive stops. They were forcing turnovers. And I know what made you smile because I even shouted you out on yesterday's show is the fact that LSU kicked their butt up front. They were dominating the game at both lines of scrimmage. They were running the ball, opening up big holes. And then on the flip side, they were in Jackson Dart's face. They were hitting him constantly. LSU now seems to have a clear identity. They're in better shape than you are. And in the second half, if you're not decisively beating them, look out because they're going to make a surge. And that surge overtook Ole Miss in a big way and a very impressive showing on Saturday.
14: Yeah, and listen, Jaden Daniels looked good. I get it. The two running backs, I even sent you a note how impressed I was with Williams and with Godwin. I thought they had a terrific game. I thought, you know, the receivers did what their job was. I thought all of that. I thought the defensive backs were very physical. Uh, everything that you're saying, yes. But the thing, the thing is, is somewhere along the way, and I think we kind of saw it start in the Florida game, they took over the line of scrimmage, both offensively and defensively. I don't I don't know if that's a deal where the offensive line is just starting to gelling now and there's a little chemistry being built there. I'm not sure what that is. On a defensive line, it's been a quiet taking over of the game. They certainly took it over in the second half against Ole Miss. I didn't see it coming. I didn't see it playing out the way it did. Uh, I, you know, we had mentioned it was a picket game and I thought, no, oh, yeah, LSU's got a chance to win. But if you'd have said, hey, LSU is going to go out and dominate this game. I would have said, no, I don't think that, (laughs) you know. And that's exactly what they did. They went out and they totally dominated the game. And, again, it's that same old thing with Brian Kelly where each week it gets a little better. It gets a little better. I know, you know, we stubbed our toe against Auburn a little bit and, Maybe Tennessee's just that good, too, Casey. I can't figure that one out, but maybe they are just that good. So that being said, uh, I think LSU is right on track. I think if you would have told me at the beginning of the year that they're going to be uh, leading the SEC uh, West right now, I would have <laughs> lost my house on that one. Uh, so, yeah, a good things are happening. Now, it's a tough stretch coming up. It's a tough stretch. And I'll be honest with you, I'll sacrifice losing a couple of games there just so they take care of Texas A&M. That's my biggie, man. That's yeah. that's when I'm going to be nervous. I just want to take care of Texas A&M. So I
5: hear you there. Um, let's talk about Jaden Daniels. His boy, at the beginning of the season, he was an enigma. Fans were not happy. They were saying that he needed to throw the ball in the pocket more, and then when he started doing that, they were saying that he needed to play more freely and run the ball more. Well, stand through eight games. He has 12 touchdowns and one interception, passing 70% completions. You add in the rushing touchdowns to that, there's nine more. So that's 21 touchdowns and one interception for a guy who's a junior, new to the system, and who Gary Danielson said at the end of the broadcast on Saturday, if he comes back to school, will be a favorite to win the Heisman Trophy next year. Crazy, the turnaround and the improvements and the strides that have been made there from a guy who was really struggling to a guy who now is legitimately one of the best quarterbacks in the conference.
14: Yeah, listen, that statement might keep him at LSU for another year, quite honestly. To hear that, you know, whether you like Gary Danielson or not, to hear that, that's from a heavy hitter, so that's huge. Uh, maybe at the beginning of the year, and this is certainly just a big maybe. Maybe at the beginning of the year, they said, "Hey, Jaden, do this." And then after a couple of games, they said, "Well, you really need to do this." I think somewhere along the line, they said, "You know what, Jaden, just go play football. You know, be you. Whatever you think. I mean, obviously within the confines of what we call offensively, but just do what you think." And his instincts are just sort of taking over now, and it sure is pretty to watch. I. I, I, the only thing is, is he takes a few hits in a game and I hope that he never gets in a situation where he's going to get hurt, but that's the nature of the way he plays too. I mean, that's what he does, but yep, he's, he's certainly the straw that stirs that drink. And, uh, I don't think there's anybody right now thinking that they started the wrong guy off at the beginning of the year. He's, he's special and he's led him to something and boy, I, I, You know, obviously it was tongue-in-cheek when I mentioned beating A&M. Certainly, I hope they beat A&M. But even the bigger picture, Alabama's not as great as what they once were. We all sort of know that now. Who knows? This could be a good little run right here. And if it's that, then they've exceeded everything that I thought. Listen, if they would have won seven or eight games and just looked positive this year, I think we'd all be happy. Now we're sitting on the cusp of, hey, it might even exceed that. And certainly that would be a wonderful thing because God knows we can't turn to the Saints for anything.
5: Well, that's a perfect segue. Let's talk about the Saints. They fall against Arizona. We broke that one down on Saturday, so we don't have to talk much about that game. <laughs> the question that I want to ask you is this. New Orleans is 2-5. and five. The division leader is 3-4. There are a lot of Saints fans who are saying, all right, well, Let's go to the trade market and fix our team and let's win the division. I think that's ludicrous. I think, okay, what's the point of going 8-9, and making the playoffs, getting beat, getting knocked out, and then you sacrifice more of your future? What say you? Do you think that this is a situation where the already all-in Saints should push further all-in, or do you think it's a situation where they should be more conservative and be like, you know what? If we get in, awesome. If not, that's okay too, but we're not giving up any more of our future to try and
14: no, I don't think you should give up any more of your future, but that's a tricky question because, seriously, right now, it, yeah, trying to play for the future is tough because you don't even get draft. You know, the yeah. first-round draft choice if you do tank it. Uh, and I shouldn't say tank it. I don't want anybody to think that the Saints would, you know, intentionally tank it. But I think the flip side of all of this is, is that you're right. The, the division is just so down – Do you sort of get hot at the end? I'm with everybody else who's talking about Tampa Bay the way Tampa Bay is. I I, I think they're sort of, I don't want to call it done, but they're not a very good football team. But if you remember two years ago when they won it all, they sort of looked stagnant for a little bit of that season too. Maybe not as bad as they do right now, right? But they looked stagnant, and then they found it at the end. I guess somebody from the NFC South is going to have to win it, and if they're playing decent at the end of the year, maybe they do get in. Can I see it being the Saints? No, I really don't. I, I, you know, I think Atlanta actually is is maybe the best team in the NFC South. And when I say that, I'm thinking to myself, Atlanta, the Falcons, you know, are the best teams <laughs> in the NFC South. So maybe it's a year where, you know, you kind of just say, uh, you know what, this It reminds me of the year that the NFC West, I think it was, was so bad, and the Saints had to play Seattle like in the wild card game, right? And we all assumed that was going to be cake because the NFC West was so bad. I think the team went in with a sub-500 record, and then Marshawn Lattimore pretty much ran over the whole Saints team to get into the end zone, and they win. And I'm thinking to myself, maybe that's the key, just get into the playoffs, so I, I don't know what the answer is, but I know if they put anything on the field like they did last Thursday night, it doesn't matter. It, it's it's it, they're not going to win anyway.
5: Before we let you go, you know we got to talk a little Pelicans. They reminded us that they're the Pelicans, right? Two big games to start the year, get some wins, and then they lose a game that they should have won at home and overtime, and then now Ingram's hurt, Zion's hurt, Herb Jones is hurt. They're all out man it's hard like I want to be all in on this team but it feels like it's one of those teams where there's always going to be a small part of the tire that's stuck in the mud and I I don't know man I I I hope that this is not going to be a long-lasting thing but boy given the history and given the past it's almost like oh well here we go
14: sure yeah all right totally and when I heard the you know the situation I didn't see the game that night although I do think playing with Utah is huge because I think Utah is ultimately going to be one of the better teams in the league when it's all said and done. Uh, when you start hearing the injury problems and when you see that Zion's part of that again and then Ingram is so integral to this team and his might be a little bit you know, more serious as far as the concussion. You know it's not going to keep him out the whole year, but nonetheless, it's still a problem. Yeah, I. I the the whole NBA is so fragile related to injuries and what happens to your team. And there are those teams that seem to overcome it. The Pelicans are not one of those. I think this is our first little test. If this is like just a game or two where we're in this little, you know, I don't want to call it a funk, but this little bit of a injury and these guys come back strong, that's going to be like what the season is going to be like. If this thing is just where, well, Zion's not playing again, Then we're back to the old, you know, I call it the Michael Thomas syndrome where (laughs) it just brings, you know, it brings everybody down.
5: Very good. Well, look, my friend, we thank you so much for the time. We'll chat again soon, man. Can't wait for Saturday.
14: Thanks, Casey. Everybody have a good week.
5: Yep, you too. That is Stan Gravatt doing a great job as always. Love getting his perspectives and love hearing what he has to say about some things happening in the world of local and then regional, and then national sports. Let's catch a break. When we get back, I'll go over some things that I'm seeing in the headlines, some very interesting things happening, talk maybe a little bit about the saga at Texas A&M, all that and more. It's play-by-play on KLEB. We'll be right back after this.
7: The music on the bayou, the rage raging Cajun, 1600 AM, KLEB, and
6: 102.7 FM. Heather Hendricks here, your candidate for LaFouche Parish Judge Division A. Everyone votes in this race, from the Fouchon to the St. John community, up, down, and across the bayou. I've been your prosecutor for eight and a half years, trying over 100 jury and judge trials with federal, state, and local experience. Before practicing law, I was an eighth grade teacher in the public schools for 11 years. So remember, Heather Hendricks for judge. Early voting begins October 25th, and the election is November 8th. Paid for by the committee to elect Heather Hendricks.
8: There are over 3,600 RV dealerships in North America, and just over 1% of those earn the prestigious Top 50 Dealer Award. Fence RV is proud to be in that 1%. Being a Top 50 dealer takes dedication to our customers, offering the best RV brands in the market, great service, and a huge parts selection. Our goal at Bents RV is to enhance customer experiences through our commitment to customer satisfaction. Come on
1: over to Bents RV to experience a top 50 dealer or visit us at bentsrv.com. Hello, friends and family. Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne Building Materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Doofriend Easy Buy? Come see us at DoFriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the do-friend difference.
6: At Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation, our mission is to help everyone be safer in and around water. Did you know drowning is the number one accidental cause of death in children under the age of four and the second leading cause of accidental death in children under the age of 14? Adolescents and adults are at greater risk of drowning in open water. Remember, drowning is preventable. Join Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation.
10: So play-by-play on play here on
5: KLEB. I want to thank our three really good calling guests, Dan Gravois, Coach Brian Kiro, and Coach Keegan-Pokey, all for their time. We're going to talk a little college football in this segment. At the bottom of the show, we'll get some betting picks. Um, let's talk about this. Have you guys ever, at night in southeast Louisiana, gone out, and you're sitting outside, and you see that orange glow? and you know that something's on fire somewhere but you're not really concerned about it because it's you could tell just by where it is and that it's often often in the distance like it's way far away but because it's so dark outside you could see the glow in the sky tonight in louisiana take a look at the to the western sky because something tells me that you'll be able to see College Station Texas burning to the ground as the Texas A&M football program just continues to spew out nothing but garbage in what has been a horrendous, predictable, but horrendously bad season. Billy Lucci from College Station reports today that Texas A&M is going to have three to four players who will be suspended for Saturday's game, all of them are true freshmen. Clay Travis, who's a national reporter, is reporting that they're being suspended for smoking pot inside the Texas A&M locker room before the team's game against South Carolina. Texas A&M is a mess. A steaming hot mess. They lined up and bought, and yes, Jimbo Fisher, you could deny the claims, you could say whatever you want to say, they bought a recruiting class full of martyrs, guys who didn't have any interest in being part of Texas A&M, but were just out for bids and were being sold to the highest bidder. They bought a recruiting class full of very talented guys, but guys who were not altogether invested in that program. And now what you got is a bunch of guys who are paid, who are not playing, who are not making an impact, who are being laughed at on social media, and who are now rebelling, and who are causing trouble. Texas A&M this offseason, when we get to mid-December, and it's bowl season, and we're in between the regular season and the bowl games and everything like that, they're going to have Dozens of people leaving that program. Dozens of people entering the transfer portal. That big prize recruiting class that they got, they're going to lose a whole bunch of that. They're going to lose a whole bunch of that to programs around the country. And I just don't know how Jimbo Fisher survives it. And maybe the answer is the only way or reason that he would survive it Is because there's just too much money that will be lost by getting rid of him. He's got like somewhat of a 90 million dollar buyout if they get rid of him. Like he would be probably happy if they bought him out, given the guaranteed money that's available there. A and M is not relevant. They're three and four. They've got to win six games to make a bowl. Their schedule coming up is Ole Miss, Florida, Auburn, UMass, and LSU don't get UMass, so they've got to get two out of four out of Ole Miss, Florida, Auburn, and LSU. They could do it, but they could also lose the rest of those SEC games as well. And it's just a bad situation. You've got a quarterback guy, an offensive guy, as your head coach in his fifth year, and your offense can't move the ball a foot. You've got a big prize recruiting class. Number one in the country. The kids aren't making a difference. They're not making an impact. It's it's crazy to see. I knew it would be bad. I knew it wouldn't go well. I didn't know it would be this bad and that it would go this poorly. But I tell you this, I sure love to see it. Also in national news, Brittany Grinder had her appeal of her nine-year drug sentence rejected today in Russian court. All right, let's talk about this, and I'll be brief. The The sentence of Brittany Griner for the crime, and I've already given my thoughts on this, right? Like, it's steep, it's stiff. But can we please stop saying on Facebook erroneously that she's being wrongfully detained? Wrongfully detained is had she gotten detained in an airport, had they planted drugs on her and arrested her and taken her into custody just because she's an American. She's not being wrongfully detained. She broke a Russian law, a Russian law that carries a 10-year sentence for everybody. Russians included Americans, What for everyone. She broke an offense in Russia that you're probably dumb to even threaten to commit that crime. So while we could say that we think that the sentence and the punishment for the crime don't fit, and in American culture we're getting away from sentencing people stiffly for marijuana offenses, and I actually think that's the right thing to do, And I actually think that a nine-year sentence for that crime is way too stiff. But she's not being wrongfully detained. She did commit a crime, and it is Russian law saying that this is the sentence you get. She made a big mistake, a very costly mistake. And now, unfortunately, she's having to deal with that. So there's just a difference. it, It annoys me when I see that on Facebook that she's being wrongfully detained. There are people around the world who are being wrongfully detained. And to me, it's just not the same. But anyway, I'm not going to get off of my soapbox on that. We've got the World Series that will be starting in the next couple of days. It'll be the Astros and the Phillies. Starts on Friday night in Houston. Y'all, I don't have a clue how this is going to go. Like, It's too easy to just say, oh, Houston's going to just blow them out. Because the Phillies have been great in the playoffs. And the Phillies have high-level front-end starting pitching that could, like, cause problems. And they've got the home-run hitting ability to change a game with any given swing. Bryce Harper right now is playing at a level that I didn't even know he was capable of playing. He's hitting 419 in the postseason. He's got five home runs in the postseason. Reese Hoskins... Five home runs in the postseason. They've hit 16 home runs in 11 playoff games. I don't think that this is going to be the rollover that some people think. I think this is going to be competitive. When Wheeler and Nola are on the mound, the Phillies have great chances to win. And I think the key will be: is can they get a win or two from some of the other guys, Ranger Suarez or you know maybe Thor? You know, can they get a win or two when the other guys that are not Wheeler and Nola are on the mound? That'll be a big big key to how that one shakes out let's catch a break it'll be our final break when we get back i'll give you some betting picks some things to keep an eye on in the world of sports it's play-by-play
0: on KLEB. the french connection the all-new raging cajun 102.7 fm
3: as a father of triplet girls state representative tanner mcgee defended our conservative family values in the legislature now he wants to bring those same values to the court of appeal A respected attorney with over a decade of legal experience, Tanner McGee will be a judge who upholds the Constitution, defends the rule of law, and protects our families from violent criminals, just like he protects his own. Tanner McGee for Judge. Paid for
11: by the Friends of Tanner McGee.
9: It's Ram Power Days at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa. Not only can you get a great deal on a RAM, but you can see their impressive lineup of new commercial trucks and vans. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business with Rams long-lasting new pickups of their efficient new Ram work vans. Choosing the right one should be easy. Whether you need a truck for work or home life, the RAM will do its job. Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa, here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. guaranteed
2: when you order curbside pickup on the new rousers shopping app you pay the same price for groceries as in store and you get free pickup on all orders, $35 or more. Download the new Rouse's shopping app on the App Store or get it on Google Play. Place your order, choose your curbside pickup time, and your Rouse's Markets personal shopper will shop your order for you and load your groceries into your car. It's just that easy. Rouse's Markets feels like home.
10: TerraBone General Health System, where medical science meets the art of caring, is committed to providing the latest advances. medical technology with a gentle caring touch this is evident in our high-tech high-touch approach to healthcare as a trusted healthcare resource we deliver both life-saving compassionate inpatient services and life-changing preventive care while also providing wellness needs and outreach throughout the bayou region to learn about how terabone general is providing innovative healthcare solutions visit tghealthsystem.com
5: One more segment to go here on play-by-play. Play. Again, we want to thank all of our calling guests, Coach Keegan, Pokey, Coach Brian, Kiroz, Stan Grabwa. We also want to one more time thank our sponsors. Oops, almost dropped my sponsor sheet. The Blue Boot Foundation, Bents RV, located on Highway 90 and Boutique, Southland Dodge and Homa Industrial Power Systems for all your engine and generator needs because power is our middle name. Do-friend Building Materials got you covered for all your roofing needs. Buzz Off, the only all-natural mosquito control professionals providing guaranteed results. <clears throat> excuse me, Rouse's markets feels like home. Golden Motors where Price is priority, proudly supporting South Lafouche athletics and community youth sports organizations. The three that I got for you today, I like over 220 between the Pistons and the Wizards. The Wizards don't guard. The Pistons don't particularly score, but I think Washington who doesn't guard, I think that 220 is not too much to ask. I also like um, the Mavericks to cover the five against the Pelicans. The Pelicans are just without too much. No Zion, no Herb Jones, no Brandon Ingram. I just think they're going to be without too much. McCollum will play well, but you're going against a Dallas team that has a lot of firepower. Even though it's in the Smoothie King Center, I'm going Dallas minus five to get the win tonight over the Pelicans. The last one that I like is I'm going to take the Suns uh, minus 126 money line to beat the Warriors tonight. I just think the Suns will be hungry to try to make a statement. You got Chris Paul in Booker and Aiton, and all them guys that they came up short in the playoffs, they kind of got embarrassed in the playoffs last year. I think they'll be prime and hungry to try to make a statement to let people know, like, hey, we're still one of the better teams in the Western Conference, and you guys are kind of forgetting about us. So that'll be one that I think the Suns at home will look to get over the Warriors. Thanks to everybody for listening. Cannot wait for tonight. We'll be out at South LaFouche. It was rainy whenever I got here. Looking out the window right now, it's actually cleared up. <clears throat> Temperatures should drop. Should be a beautiful night for football. Coach Brian Kylie will be on the call, and we cannot wait to be out at South LaFouche breaking down that matchup between the Lions and the Bulldogs. So this is Casey Jusclare wrapping up. Tomorrow, BJ Young, um, Taylor Griffin, Mailbag, and all that fun stuff that we usually do on Wednesday shows. Can't wait to bring it to you all. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. I'm signing off, wishing you a a wonderful rest of the day. God bless you and your families. Have a great rest of the workday, and see you tomorrow. Y'all take care.
0: You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.